0: This time on Geek Pod Blue. Now I have to wonder, if Bruce Wayne had looked up at the solar eclipse without protective eyewear instead of falling into a cave full of bats when he was a kid, would he have become the devil of Gotham instead? Warning, station is now code blue. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of GeekPod Blue. I'm your host, Hugh, and I did not go blind during the solar eclipse. But keep webcam-nicking your thoughts and prayers. And apparently our president as well. I swear, I, I don't even have to write jokes most of the time. I just look at the front page of the news and copy it down word for word. It's ridiculous. Anyway, this week it is part two of our exploration of ghost radio stations. These are stations that are shrouded in mystery because nobody knows who owns or runs them. Most of the time they're broadcasting weird stuff that's confusing and creepy, like numbers or coded messages, things like that. Uh, Last week we talked about the number stations of Russia, specifically one called the Buzzer. Uh, It broadcasts these bizarre codes and accidental messages that have been being broadcast for decades. This week, we're going to widen our search and focus on other parts of the world, because all the cool stuff can't be in Russia, right? Unless you're looking for proof, then it's probably in Russia. Anyway, we are going to begin by moving west to the country of Poland. Now, you all might not know this, but much of my DNA comes from that country. Not that I'm sure you can tell with my svelte figure. Uh, Poland was the home, uh, along with a home to vodka and things like that. Also, one of the creepier number stations ever recorded. It was called the Swedish Rhapsody. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. Poland and Russia both produce massive amounts of vodka, and they both really are as well-known as each other, though everyone thinks of Russian vodka. They never think of Polish vodka. I don't know why, but they always tell jokes about Polish tanks. Anyway, the Swedish Rhapsody began broadcasting in the 1970s, much like me. It would feature a music box version of its namesake, the Swedish Rhapsody No. 1 by Hugo Once the song had stopped, you would hear a female child's voice reciting a list of numbers in German, ending with the word Achtung, kind of like the YouTube album. The original transmission ran until 1997, but some variations have popped up as recently as 2007. Uh, No one knows what the reason for the station was in the first place or whatever became of it. It just kind of vanished, you know, out into the ether, one of those mysteries we will likely never solve moving further west we find a station that has both sources in the u.s and in england Uh, it's called the backwards music station Uh, it was also been referred to as xm the enigma and whale or whale song or whale call. Now, there does not seem to be a solid date that the Enigma began broadcasting. It has been traced to the above-mentioned countries, both the, uh, the US and England, uh, but further details have been impossible to find. Now, it sounds mostly like whale song or distorted noise through which you can occasionally hear a voice. There have been theories that this was used by drug cartels to you know, send messages and things like that so they can get uh, drugs across the border and things like that. Uh, Also, some people think it might be some kind of weird avant-garde art project that that made little sense, kind of like Twin Peaks. Uh, However, there is some proof that this might be, yet again, a way for spies to communicate and decode messages. Now, in 1991, I know this is going way back, but stay with me, during the attempt by the Soviet government to take control away from their then-president, Gorbachev, the station had an unprecedented four-hour-long broadcast. Um, sure does kind of make it seem like those things are connected. I, I don't know. Uh, now, if we take a trip to Albuquerque, New Mexico, we get an even stranger ghost radio station. I think this one might actually be my favorite. Now, this one has a very familiar DJ, you're all going to know. In December of 2004, reports began to roll into the FCC of a Yosemite Sam transmission. Let us sink in. Yes, that Yosemite Sam the one that loudly chased Bugs Bunny around, but never actually got the varmint. Kind of like our government in any actual legislation. Anyway, the transmission would begin as an 800 millisecond burst, similar to what you might hear when your Blu-ray player errors out. This would be followed by Yosemite Sam saying, Varmint, I'm gonna blow you to smithereens! Now it's believed that the burst might be compressed information, you know, kind of like a when you hear an old style modem transmitting not that anybody you know listening to this i mean like webcam nick probably does not know what a modem sounds like Just saying. Uh, Interestingly enough, the radio geeks were able to track down the recording of that phrase to a specific Looney Tunes cartoon. It was from the 1949 Bugs Bunny cartoon, Bunker Hill. Now no one's been able to figure out if that cartoon has some significance to the transmission, uh, and it does broadcast on four separate frequencies. It will actually rotate and do a full two-minute run. It will switch from, from one frequency to another. An interesting side note to this is that in February of 2005, two amateur radio operators claimed to have found the source of the transmission. Now they tracked this down to a factory owned by uh, a company called Laguna Industries in Laguna, New Mexico. They were taking pictures of the site when they were approached by security guards and told to leave. Three hours later, the transmission stopped and has not been heard since. Creepy, huh? Laguna Industries is a company specializing in equipment for commercial car washes, among other things, up to and including mysterious radio signals. Uh, I find that fascinating. I did check out their website. It certainly seems like they have their hands in a lot of technology. So, uh, I don't know, make of that what you will. Now, if you want to learn more about number stations or ghost radio stations at all, uh, a good place to start is www.numbers-stations.com. Now, this is a repository of knowledge about far more stations than we could ever cover here. Uh, it contains samples of some of the broadcasts, as well as listings of current and inactive stations. You can always pick up a shortwave radio as well and see if you can crack any of the mysteries of these ghost radio stations. Now, I did take some time to go through this site, and there are clearly tons more of these and it certainly it would be a good place to kind of go down the wiki hole as they say you know spend some time getting lost in the crazy world of ghost radio stations and i surely urge you to check that out along with lots of other resources on the web now that was fun at least more fun than reading the news although that part is coming up next so get your ear holes ready And it is time for the news. Now, this week we have an update to a previous lead story that we've done. Uh, if you recall a while back, we talked about the Uh, America's first serial killer, uh, H.H. Holmes, and his uh, spree of murder across the country. Now, uh, as I said at the end of that segment, uh, he was actually being exhumed because uh, there were rumors that he had actually escaped, and his descendants wanted to either uh, confirm those or put those to rest. And we do have a bit of an update, not the full story yet, Uh, but his tomb has been exhumed. His grave has been exhumed, I should say. And uh, while they were digging, at first they eventually found an empty pine box Uh, which i'm sure raised some eyebrows but they continued digging because they had known he had requested that there be concrete poured over his grave when he was buried because he was worried about grave robbers and uh, they eventually did get to the concrete so they started um, pounding through the concrete and eventually did find a second uh, coffin that did have human remains in it including a skull with a, a mostly intact brain now they are currently testing those remains to find out if there is a dna match between this corpse and uh H.H. Holmes descendants uh, so there is going to be further information to follow I just thought it was interesting this week that, uh, that you know they are making progress this is also apparently being followed on a show called American Ripper which I was not familiar with or aware of I may have to check it out see if it's something I can stream but you guys if you're interested in that story you might want to do a Google search and take a look uh, so on with the rest of the news first of all NBC's Xena reboot is currently dead uh, a while back they had attempted to do a reboot which would have had uh, Sam Raimi and Rob Taper executive produced, and they were going to uh, explore the romantic tension between the two leads, Zena and Gabrielle, played by new actors, or actresses, I should say, uh, which they couldn't really explore that when Zena was still on. Uh, While they should have been able to explore that, we all know how the world is, and they weren't really able to go there. Uh, That was the intention of the show, but apparently uh, the showrunner has left, saying after they were looking at all of the options and material they decided not to follow through now given that this is a, a well-loved property uh, i'm sure at some point down the road somebody will reboot it but it's not going to be like this uh next up uh there was something interesting happened yesterday uh now if you're familiar with uh the hatchet series of horror films and you're uh, familiar with its um bad guy victor crowley and last night uh premiered what was supposed to be a retrospective of the uh, the movie series Hatchet one, two, and three called uh, just Victor Crowley. Uh, you know, it was an event. People got together, and it was supposed to be a look back at a well loved horror franchise. Turns out the director had been fooling everybody because it was actually Hatchet four. Now somehow this this information did not get out to anybody. Uh, Nobody was aware that they were actually filming a sequel. They're calling it a reboot, but it kind of follows on from one of the previous movies anyway So it's definitely not an actual reboot, Uh, but they may be setting it up for future films Now I read an interesting story about this and I thought it was interesting Uh, the creator and his name escapes me right now Uh, but uh, apparently he had uh, been done with the hatchet series he was glad to have it over with it was fun but it was a lot of work and uh the death of wes craven had hit him pretty hard and he was at a horror convention a few years ago and actually had uh, sat down with george romero who recently passed away and they were talking about how wes craven's passing had kind of hit a lot of them they were they were realizing you know their contemporaries and and the people they looked up to were gone, and you know, well, what 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 is going to be my legacy? Wes Craven dies, he has a legacy. You know, the, this this gentleman was kind of looking inward, wondering what his legacy was, and um, Romero had said to him, well, what about the next Crowley movie? And he's like, oh no, that's that's done. I'm not doing that anymore of those. And apparently Romero pointed out at the crowd, and said, look at those people. Look at that ovation you got it's not over until they say it's over and apparently he hopped on a plane went back to uh, California and started writing this movie the very next day Uh, so certainly interesting how things turn out Uh, next up Martin Scorsese is working on an 80s style hard-boiled Joker origin movie for Warner Brothers Um, now Jared Leto is not going to be reprising his role as the Joker although he will be for Suicide Squad 2 or the Harley Quinn movie if either of those ever get made now This is from the folks who said TV and movie versions of the same character would confuse people. You know, keep that in mind. Um, I'm not sure if we actually need this or not, uh, but I'm certainly going to be watching it for further development. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, what's next for Stranger Things. Now, Stranger Things Season 2 is going to be premiering this fall. However, the creators have said there is definitely going to be a Season 3 and probably a Season 4. They're thinking about wrapping up the storyline with a Season 4. And they said that, you know, they, they weren't sure how long they were going to run this, but they kind of felt that, you know, bad things couldn't continue happening to the same town once a year. Uh, So it looks like we are in uh, store for at least three more seasons of the hit Netflix show. Uh, Next up, Channing Tatum reports that the Gambit movie is starting over. Now, uh, this movie has been in, I don't want to say development hell for a long time, but they've been talking about it for a very long time and have not been able to get anything really off the ground. In fact, the only thing that has remained is the fact that Channing Tatum is attached to it to play uh, Remy Lebeau or Gambit as it were. Now uh, apparently the success of Logan and Deadpool uh, have kind of changed things for them because w- one of the things they were running into was a lot of the stuff they wanted to do with the movie the studio wouldn't allow them to do and there wasn't really a super successful R-rated superhero film until a Deadpool and then Logan. Now apparently the Uh, Atmosphere has changed and the studios are willing to allow them to get away with a lot more or do a lot more So they are going back to the drawing board and are going to reincorporate some of the original ideas They had for this film along with some new stuff because they want to make a, a superhero film That is unlike anything else that has come before it So we'll have to wait and see just how successful they are with that Now, this should make Paul very happy. James Gunn has said that they are talking about bringing the Richard Rider Nova to the MCU. Now, apparently Guardians 3, first of all, is going to take place after Avengers 4, and it also sets up the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the next 10 to 20 years. One of the characters they are talking about including is the Richard Rider Nova. Uh, I will not make any jokes about, um, the name of Paul's favorite, uh, comic book character. But, uh, certainly, I mean, it is a return to form. You know, it's interesting that they're going to use the, the original version of the Nova rather than the, uh, the rebooted one or the, the newer one that they had. They're, they're definitely settling with a classic Nova. So, I mean, that's probably the way to go anyway. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. Now, it's early days on this right now, but just this morning, uh, the people behind Unsolved Mysteries uh, came out and talked about the show's future. Now, as you know, uh, Unsolved Mysteries has been hitting the streaming circuits on both Amazon and Hulu, and they have found new life there as an entire new generation of people um, discover the the classic series, uh, as well as um, the all the, oh, those of us who remember the original series uh, are looking back fondly on uh, what some refer to as the original Nightmare Fuel. Now. The original Robert Stack and Dennis Farina hosted episodes have been streaming for a little while now, but apparently the uh, producers behind this say that there might be new Unsolved Mysteries by the end of the year. They are talking to some production partners, trying to get out all their ducks in a row, and they uh, apparently have already researched some stories, and they said they have some stuff all ready to go. As soon as they get the green light, they can have some stuff hammered out really quickly. So it's really interesting to see how streaming of a classic show is potentially bringing it back I mean that certainly tells us a lot about the world we live in and you know other potential you know future projects I mean who knows if, if Xena started streaming on Amazon or Hulu maybe we would be looking at the reboot instead of it being canceled I do wonder what other shows might come back from the dead due to this kind of uh, the new streaming technology and the streaming sources that we have uh, now, happening this week, if you're not aware of it, is the Great New York State Fair. Uh, it began uh, today, actually, the day I recorded the news, and uh, I hope everyone's going to have a chance to go. I kind of look at it as a chance for us all to go outside and be fat together in the uh, the ridiculously hot sun uh, or torrential downpour, because those seem to be the only two weather types we get during the state fair. Um, I'm going to be there this Friday if anybody wants to uh, come hang out. Uh, I don't know, I probably won't find you and won't care. I just want a Gianelli sausage. Uh, But we'll be making our rounds, hitting all the things that we like. I certainly hope you get a chance to get out there as well. Uh, It's always a lot of fun. I know uh, some of the friends of the show will be there. Uh, You know, Josh Grosven from K-Rock, I'm sure, will be there. John Carucci, who records the the opening segment for this show, uh, is generally there with his radio station as well. And um, who knows who else you you might run into. I'm getting tongue-tied here. Sorry about that. Now, finally, we are going to end the new segment this week with a real-life example of you either die the hero or live long enough to become the villain. Now, early this week, actually this weekend, in fact, uh, a scathing letter from the ex-wife of Joss Whedon was published. Now, Joss Whedon, of course, is the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel and Firefly and went on to be the director of... Um, you know, Cabin in the Woods, the event, first two Avengers movies, and now he's helming uh, the Justice League universe. Um, he's going doing Justice League 1 and going on to do Batgirl after that. Now, in this letter, she came out and said that he is not the feminist that he has always proclaimed to be. Uh, she sort of details uh, that during the production of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, there were numerous physical and emotional affairs that he uh, partook in, some with People that he worked with, but they did not name any names. Uh, She claims that she was gaslighted, and he gave her excuses and things like, "Well, you know, how could I be expected? You know, I didn't stand a chance with all these young needy girls coming up to me." And you know, it it really paints a very dark picture of somebody who has uh, been looked at as a a feminist icon for years. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to pick a side here on this because, in my experience. When a story like this comes out, once you get the other side of the story, the truth usually lies somewhere more towards the middle. Sometimes still, you know, in somebody's favor. But its I've never seen a situation where it's 100% exactly the way the Hurt the Party proclaimed it was. So I, I don't really want to jump to any conclusions here. I, I will say that uh, if he did cheat on his wife, you know, he's a dirtbag. Um, and that's not cool, dude. But... Do I think, am I going to stop watching his movies? Am I going to, you know, go, I'll never watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer again. Brown coats are awful. No, absolutely not. I mean, we can separate the the art from the person because people can be flawed. Uh, I I do think, though, that uh, maybe people should hold off until more information comes out. Now, he did state that uh, he is not going to be speaking further on it out of respect for his children. I can understand that. Uh, I also wonder if maybe it's just because he's like, I have Avengers money, I have Justice League money. I really don't give a shit. I mean, who knows? Um, I do know that a lot of people have been coming out and saying that you can't be a cheater and a feminist at the same time. I do find a flaw with that logic. I mean, that's like kind of the same thing, you know. Uh, you can have a, a a preacher or a priest who spends, you know, twenty nine days a month trying to help people and. Uh, bring them to God or whatever it is that those crazy religious people do, and then one day a month they get drunk and go see a hooker. I mean, yeah, it's a character flaw, and the two things are in contrast to one another, but I don't think one completely undoes or absolves, you know, for the other action. So I do think you can be a a feminist and a cheater. I guess it would really come down to is whether these were consensual relationships or whether he was, you know, banging Michelle Trachtenberg uh, before she was of legal age. Uh, on the set of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If that's the case, then yeah, you know, this is really bad. Um, Beyond that though, I I do I, do, no, I, I think it's too early to jump to any conclusions, uh, so I hope you guys will take some time and wait until a little more information comes out before you jump on a hate bandwagon. Uh, I certainly don't want to defend somebody that did something despicable, but you know this is not a Bill Cosby level of offense here, so let's have level heads. Now, in response to this, uh, the uh, fan site Weedonesk, which seems like it's been around for years, has shut down, and uh, they did say it wasn't entirely because of this, but this certainly did play a factor in that. They're going to be a read-only site from now on, but there's no longer going to be any posts or um, forum conversations on the main site. So, it, it is kind of weird that this is, you know, in the, the 15, 20 years that genre TV has become a big deal, uh, it's weird that a mainstay like Weed will no longer be around. But I can certainly understand, uh, especially somebody who runs a fan site devoted to someone like that when allegations like this come out, it's got to be kind of hurtful. You know, I mean, this is somebody tearing down your hero. And while I don't think that, you know, being a hero absolves somebody of any bad behavior, I do think we need to have a level head and look at things from all sides. But hey, that's just my opinion. Your mileage may vary. And it is time for the GeekPod Blue mailbox, but before we get that going, I generally record the mailbox on Thursdays, and I do want to wish a very happy birthday to Webcam Nick. Uh, Nick Mormon. it is his birthday today. I have no idea how old he is. Uh, He looks like he could be in his late 20s, early 30s. He acts like he could be in his mid-teens, late 16 or 17, possibly. I'm not sure. But Nick is also the first person who sent us a letter this week, so let's go right into it. And he says, uh, first, today is my birthday. Yeah, I think we covered that, Nick. Thanks. Uh, Next up, what did you think of The Defenders? I have been obsessed with it. Well, Nick, I have only watched the first two episodes. Now, uh, I think everybody knows this, but generally the Marvel shows are something that we watch as a family. And when I... A family, I I mean my older uh, children, uh, Lana and Ella. Now, part of the reason for that is it's always so hard to find something we can watch as a family. Um, Ella is... I don't want to say immature, but she gets very scared very easily, even for her age. You know, she's a little older now, but she still gets freaked out. Whereas Lana likes to watch horror movies, and the more gruesome and awful it is, the more she likes it. So, as you can imagine, and that's actually kind of how my wife and I uh, roll as well. So, it's very difficult for us to find something that Ella can and will watch that we're all actually interested in. Now, the Marvel TV shows are one of those things, even though Ella does sometimes have to turn her head, because if uh, two people kiss... She starts giggling like an idiot and buries her head in the couch uh, because she just can't handle it. Uh, so as you can imagine, um, Jessica Jones was a little rough uh, for two episodes. But anyway, uh, we've watched the first two episodes so far. I like it. It is slow, but they're they're building a world. They're they're bringing all the characters together. I understand that. So in so far, Nick, I'm loving it. Please do not spoil anything for me. It is so difficult to avoid spoilers and. You know, before you get too down on me, remember, there was a point in time when you, when you watched a TV show, like one episode per week. Uh, not all of us actually have the time to uh, sit there and watch all 13 episodes right in a row. Uh, God bless the ones that do We can still pay the bills, but that is not us. But knowing it's probably going to take me a lot longer to get through it, only because uh, we try to wait for the kids. And they are going to be camping this weekend, so we, well, we might end up watching some without them, because we, we really want to see what happens, too. But so far, I like it. I wouldn't say obsessed, but we'll see. Next, are you excited for more of the Netflix MCU after the Defenders? Uh, As long as Disney doesn't pull it away, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Punisher. And, I, you know, second season of Jessica Jones, I've already said I love that show. Third season of Daredevil, which I've, I, without getting spoilers, I've read that they might be following the Born Again storyline for Daredevil Season 3. Uh, we know Iron Fist and Luke Cage are getting uh, second season, so, yeah, I'm wicked excited for it. It's probably the most interesting corner of the Marvel Universe, to be honest, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, at least. Uh, do you like Iron Fist better after watching The Defenders? I wouldn't know because I haven't finished The Defenders. Uh, but then again, I didn't really have a problem with Iron Fist. I mean, I under—I read some of the the issues people had, and I understand. But my entire family liked the show. I, in fact, liked it a lot. Some of them, for, it was their favorite one. Uh, I believe my uh, Ella said that that was her favorite one of them all so far. So, yeah, we didn't really have an issue with Iron Fist. I wouldn't say it was the best. Uh, But I I certainly did not understand the criticisms leveled at it. And finally, did you notice the Netflix MCU stays away from Queens, even though it's set in New York City? Obviously, they have to, but they can at least name drop the spider guy. You know, Nick, I agree with you. I think that part of the whole Netflix thing is they're, they're trying to keep it grounded. And while they've referenced some of those events, remember, they, they talk about the big green guy or the event. They don't usually actually talk about those characters or events by name. Uh, they're really careful not to do that. Now, I, I don't know if they're still kind of putting a wall up between the uh, the two universes because they're maybe at some point going to say, no, they're not part of the same universe. I don't know. Uh, I think also if they acknowledge that, it kind of takes away from the, the gritty world building they're doing here. Now, they certainly could name drop him in the future. Also remember, Defenders was in production for quite a while before Spider-Man came out, so maybe they just didn't want to... You know, this is the first uh, post-Spider-Man Netflix show, so they really probably wouldn't have brought him up prior to this anyway. Uh, They could have done it after Civil War, but then again, nobody really knew what the, the timeline was going to be until they got closer to releasing Homecoming. So I really think that this is more a matter of... Uh, they really weren't sure what they were doing, and why mess with that? Focus on the show you're making. Now, maybe we'll get more references after this since, you know, obviously Homecoming has come out and everybody is aware of everything. So we'll see. Uh, and that was it from Nick. Nick, thank you very much for your letter. I hope you had a fantastic birthday, and I hope you don't get as drunk as I hear that uh, you have a tendency to do. <laughs> have fun, buddy. Next up, uh, Michael Blah writes, Hello, Doctor. Oh, thanks. First, Black Jesus. Is this guy for real? white girl wasted pants seems more appropriate. <laughs> well, I would imagine today because, you know, it is his birthday, but hey, you know, what are you gonna do? So questions, will Geek Pod have a presence at the fair? Well, I will be there tomorrow. So anybody who wants to hit me up, Get a hold of me on Facebook and let me know, you know before I get there, and I'm happy to meet up with them. Uh, as far as Paul and Laura go, I have no idea if they're—I assume they're going to go at some point. I think Andrew probably will as well. Uh, but we do not have anything uh, official. We're not that important. Uh, next up, who would win in a fight, Swamp Thing or Man Thing? You know, I don't even really understand the difference between those two characters, um, other than apparently Man Thing has a giant size Man Thing. Uh but I'm going to go with Swamp Thing. I, I, it does seem to me that Swamp Thing is the the more fleshed out of the two characters. He is part of the green, and, of course, if he gets in trouble, uh, Man-Thing starts getting the upper hand. Swampy can just call in Constantine because they're buddies, and then it's all over. Who would be worse to clean up after, Wolverine or Lobo? Um, definitely Lobo. And my reason for that, and, of course, it depends if you're talking about cleaning up after a fight or, like, cleaning their apartment. I think that while Wolverine isn't exactly the cleanest person around, he doesn't do it on purpose. It's just him. I think Lobo is just purposefully a slob. Um, That's part of his gig. And I mean, it'd kind of be the same thing, you know, you know, cleaning up after Deadpool. You know, Deadpool and Lobo kind of have the the same thing going on. I would not want to do that. Next up, uh, how did Webcam Nick get an STD when he's never seen a girl naked? Well, Michael, how do you know he's never seen a girl naked? We have the Internet. Everybody's seen a girl naked. I think you're jealous, man. Really, you know, you know, maybe we can hook something up. I'll talk to Nick. You know, I really don't know which way he swings. we never talked about it. But, hey, maybe he is looking for love in all the wrong places. We'll get you two together. Anyway, that is going to end the letters segment for this week. And we are going to close out the show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Like I said, enjoy the state fair this week. And uh, get a hold of me if you're going to be around there on Friday during the day. And make sure you tune in next week when I will be getting... Okay. Oscar. Mike. Bravo. Geekpod Blue is a Geekpod Network production. Executive Producers Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Concept created by Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Intro is Opportunity by Jameis Breed. Closing is Bucket by Jameis Breed. Both licensed for use by Dennis Johnston. Want to help the show? Leave a 5-star rating on iTunes geekpod can be reached at contribute at geekpod.com or send us a tweet at geekpod that's g33kpod you can also find geekpod on facebook and instagram g33kpod that's g33kpod